Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NBA. He's been really adamant from day one that he wants to get the season restarted. And for the most part, he has the majority of the players in agreement with him. So I, I don't think much will change at all. That's Yahoo Sports' Chris Haynes. He asked if Adam Silver would do things differently at all. Sure, it's been a rocky road, but those are the times we live in. He's got most of the guys on board. So we're six weeks away, PK. Six weeks to the NBA. You ready? Long since, huh? Am I ready? Well, I don't have to play, so I'm ready this afternoon. I'm ready in about an hour. So, yeah, of course. Uh, NBA, the Coaches Association, the National Basketball Coaches Association, fears new league standards and guidelines that could bar team staffers in high-risk categories for the coronavirus. From attending the NBA season's restart in Orlando, Florida, could severely jeopardize their future employment opportunities. Alvin Gentry, 65. Mac D'Antoni, 69. Greg Popovich is 71. Sounds like it's time for somebody to sign a waiver, PK. Yeah, I mean, are they going to bar him literally? Is that the, what we are going to do? I didn't know that. I don't know that. I think that's more what they fear or expect. Or there's something going on behind the scenes that hasn't been announced publicly. So, Because I don't know that either. So um, what's the cutoff? 65, 60, 55? What is it? Uh, I don't know what it'll be, but I would assume about 65, but I don't know. So no one over 65 is going to be allowed to be in Orlando at that time? Which I would assume is going to cover GMs, is going to be assistant coaches in that group. Maybe there's trainers in that group. We'll see. That, yeah, that seems to I be don't. the fear, but I haven't heard that announced or guaranteed. Or no, I don't know in on that. I, I'm not worried about that. That's not going to happen. That's getting silly. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I haven't, I haven't spoken with Colin. I'm not sure if, uh, you know, where he's at as far as in his, in his career, uh, what he want to do. Colin definitely fits the, the, the style of quarterback for the system that we're going to be running. And uh, I'm very confident and happy with the three quarterbacks that I have. But, uh, you know, you can never have too many people waiting on the runway. That's Anthony Lynn, the Chargers coach, says that NFL teams, and here's the three-word quote, would be crazy, close quote, not to add Colin Kaepernick to their list of players to work out in preparation for the upcoming season. But I think a lot of teams are in the same spot that the Chargers are. They've already signed their quarterbacks, and they don't want to cut one. But somebody's going to throw four picks, and somebody's going to get hurt. So we'll see. I mean, I- they don't want to cut one. They're they're married to their third team quarterback. Is he's that good? Well, they could have cut him yesterday, and instead of doing that, and then they'd be on their way. <laughs> I mean, who's cutting co- co- quarterbacks yesterday? Nobody. That's the point. Is that you've pretty much signed your guys, and these are going to be your guys until somebody really sucks or somebody gets hurt. Yeah, I totally disagree with that. You're not you're not putting your roster together on June seventeenth. I mean, there's plenty of time of that. The way I look at it is that, yeah, that the, this guy wants him in to give him a tryout and see what happens if that's what he wants. I mean, that's 
I, I realize owners could have blackballed him, but I, I have a hard time believing black coaches blackballed this guy. Maybe they did. Maybe they have. But I would believe that if a coach would do that, or, or an owner wanted to do that, all the coach would have to do is say, hey, I want to sign the guy, but the owner wouldn't let me. And then that owner would face so much heat, especially now, today. Okay, that's all true, but for all the nice things Anthony Lynn said and all the supportive things he said, he didn't sign it. Oh, and neither did they sign Cam Newton then. So Cam Newton is being blackballed. They didn't sign Cam Newton either. Nope. So whoever, I have no idea. I don't even know who the backup quarterback is for the Chargers, let alone the third team. So you're telling me that those two players are better than Cam Newton because they didn't sign Cam Newton yesterday either. Tampa Bay Buccaneers tight end Rob Gronkowski and NBA Hall of Famer Shaquille O'Neal will hold a joint virtual party to help raise funds to benefit the NAACP Empowerment Programs and the Boys and Girls Club of America. The event, Shaq's Funhouse versus the Gronk Beach Virtual Party, which pays homage to their annual Super Bowl parties, will take place June 27th, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, expected to go for three hours. It's going to be uh, live streamed, simulcast on like 20 platforms. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. All over the place. So Good. This is what I've been talking about. Obviously, kneeling didn't do anything. Posting black squares is nice. And kneeling is great, too. But get at the ground level. Donate money to the Boys and Girls Club. Sell your house in your white community and go live in the minority community and provide free child care so people can go to work and don't have to do that. And the child care is a lot easier because you can just walk across the street. Let's get at the ground level if we want to do stuff. Not just say stuff and post squares on social media. That's that's all well and good. That raises awareness, and I'm not mocking that. I'm saying just don't do that. At, that's not the exclusivity of it. Get it to ground level. Donate money and time to the boys club and girls club, to the NAACP, to the schools. Oh, that that I mean, let's let's do it. Let's have real honest conversation. Let's do it. Let's do something. Actual at the ground level. If you want to make improvement in everyone's lives across the board, particularly in areas where there's high crime and all those types of things. That's what I want to see. High go, cr- go f- High Go crime, ahead. high crime, high poverty, major yeah. educational hurdles, places where people can't drink the tap water. I mean, it's, you know, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. First off, if you know how bootstraps work, that's physically impossible. That's an expression that's flipped 180 degrees on its head and somehow we take it serious. But the point is, <laughs> pull yourselves up by your bootstraps. How's that going to help me stand up? Uh, but the point is, for the, at one level, there's got to be, you always talk about this, PK, there's got to be individual responsibility. You know, people do have to seize control and improve their own lives. They do. But there's got to be recognition that sometimes, a lot of times even, people are facing stuff that they can't conquer by themselves. They, they need some help. And maybe it is like you know, systemic. You know, it's something in the system like you just can't control the tap water that flows into your house. You know, you can't personally, individually go out and dig up the entire piping system for the city. Okay? That's that's beyond. But there's got to be something you can do. And actually, child care, excellent point by you. Yeah, and a lot of it is cyclical. I mean, you're you're born into poverty and you you're you're so far behind the eight ball. Yeah. 
which is another expression that that it's unfair from from the moment the day you were born it's unfair Shaq's Funhouse, Gronk Beach Virtual Party, June 27th. Put it on your calendar. The Boys and Girls Club could definitely use the money. The NAACP empowerment programs could use the money. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. I couldn't believe it. There's no walk in that back. This story's been out there for 31 years. I don't know why it came up now. I Maybe because he's wearing the own t-shirt. I didn't back down then. I don't back down now. Every time I see him, I just want to run through him. Every time I see his face, every time I look at him, I want to run through him. I'm 51 years old. Why in the world do I need to lie about that? It's former Colorado player Alfred Williams doubling down on an accusation Racial slur against uh, Mike Gundy, the Oklahoma State coach who uh, uh, wore the One America News t-shirt and has been in the news now three mornings in a row. Allegedly used the racial slur in 89 against Colorado. Where, so Gundy was an assistant coach? or no, he was the quarterback. Oh, he was a player then? Yeah. Okay. NCAA Division I Council on Wednesday approved a six-week practice plan for football that begins in July They'll transition from the current voluntary workouts to the typical mandatory meetings and preseason camps to get ready for the season. So if you do it for B- if you do the math for BYU and Utah, formal meetings, weight room workouts as a team, July 11th, according to the NCAA schedule. How about if we do the math for Utah State? I assume that's going to be July 13, correct? Because they have a Saturday opener, yeah, right? Like BYU it. and Utah have a Thursday opener, mm-hmm. so you count back six weeks from the season opener. UNLV officials removed the Hey Reb statue from campus Tuesday night. UNLV President Marta Miana indicated the changes could be coming to the university's mascot in the wake of social justice protests around the country. Uh, in our recent conversations with the donor, we mutually agreed it was best to remove the statue and return it. Over the past few months, we've had discussions with multiple individuals and stakeholder groups from campus and community on how best the university can move forward given recent events throughout the nation, and that includes the future of our mascot. And I didn't know this, but Scotty G told me last night that this mascot has already been redesigned once because it was insensitive. Apparently, that was back in the 70s. So, now Did you it. call Scotty G? I did. You don't have to go. It's okay, big guy. No, that's not what it was about. <laughs> what was it about? About something else. <laughs> Major League Baseball and the MLB Players Association found themselves at odds again uh, Wednesday. Hit the baseball sounder. It's time. Yak, make the magic happen. Hashtag Major League Baseball. For the union, it allows them to have another high-paying job potentially because uh, a DH usually does earn more money than the, the last pitcher on the roster. So it's good for the union. It makes realigning down, down the line potentially uh, easier to do. That's Fox Sports' John Morosi on the attraction of the DH role in the NL. Finally, PK. Baseball owners Finally get what? something they want in exchange. The union gets higher paying jobs because DHs tend to get paid well. And finally, we would have one set of rules for all of Major League Baseball. None of this World Series alternating between parks with the rules changing. Been waiting on this for 40 is, plus years. Is this permanent? I think it will be, but it's under baseball, the, so I hesitate to get too far in front of anything. Under the current 
framework of what they're working on, they'll have it. I, I think it's only attractive to the union if it is permanent because it needs to be permanent so that the team sign them and spend the money. And so instead of some utility bench player who makes a little bit of money, typically the DHs put up big numbers and get paid for hitting the homers and driving in the runs and scoring the runs. So it's it's got to I think it's got to be permanent if the union's going to be uh, thrilled about this and willing to take it in exchange for giving up something else. Okay, well then I can say let's have it, but then not pay you more money than you think you're going to going to get. I mean, no one's forcing me to pay any of you more money. That's true. I think they're just going with how American League owners have been paying the DHs. And you're right. Maybe it won't work out. Maybe they'll pair back on that. But then do the fans go nuts on the uh, club because you're not trying to win and is there blowback there? So is it just better to go ahead and pay somebody and hit a bunch of homers and drive in a bunch of runs? Well, if you're not trying to win as long as you are trying to win down the line, that, that's what they're, they're always going to do. I mean, uh, half the teams aren't trying to don't. I mean, it, and, and baseball is the one sport where it has the most winners. But yet still, half of those off the top of my head are in no position to compete for the World Series. So they're not going to do it anyway. They're about developing young guys like Houston did, like Kansas City did, like Oakland seems to do uh, every two or three years. Like San Diego's been doing with their young guys in their farm system, waiting for them to come up. But maybe the union figures that in and figures in, all right, well, we'll get uh, out of a 15-team league, we'll get at least five, probably seven or eight, and maybe ten highly paid guys. And maybe they will scrimp. And maybe the scrimping will be relative. You know, you, you turn a $500,000 job into a $2 million job, even if it doesn't turn it into a $12 million job. <laughs> yeah, I don't care about any of that. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up. Joe Ingles is going to join us at 7.30. Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz at 8.30. Stay with us. Joe's coming up in 15 minutes right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. This past weekend's PGA tournament was the most bet-on PGA event in history. <laughs> so every sports gambler out there was like, it's something to bet on, quick, take all of my money. I literally cannot remember the last time I bet on sports. If BYU wins, I will take you and your wives to dinner. I think I challenged them to a tennis match with my daughter for $10,000 on. Legitimately, do the Titans have a chance to beat the Ravens? They don't. What would you bet me? <laughs> Incriminating audience? On that game? I'll do it. Okay. Straight up. Titans win. I don't mm. bet on sports. Never have. The Big Show. Weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical is always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing and your satisfaction is guaranteed. Master Electrical will light up your day. We have got multiple questions up at the Facebook page, DJ and PK, but one of them is perfect for right after what is trending when it was just a long series of, uh, it's it's just a combination of legal stuff, social issues, and uh, COVID health, when are they coming back updates. 
Baseball's still haggling over the amount of games. Basketball players may not want to play. How much more can sports fans take? Mary, shouting back at us in all caps, PK. It's not about the fans! Exclamation point. It's time to put the athletes' health and their families first. No one's entitled to games. For heaven's sake. Which got the angry emoji, you know, with the orange and uh, red face. And the, <laughs> look on it. But it also yeah. got a thumbs up. Mary Jane dividing the audience. Good work, Mary Jane. You got a future. Mary Jane Jones has a future. In- yeah, I'm not sure anybody's entitled to anything, really, when it get down to it. But what's going to be the difference in October? Everything's going to be fine? Are we going to be ready to go? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know. I don't know that for sure. I mean, that'd be great, but. Right. Maybe. So that, but that's what I don't understand the Dwight Howard uh, talking about the, the social causes. So by October, we've cleared everything up. We're good to go. Ready, break? Nope. I think Ed Davis, uh, in that uh, deal he did with Hoops Hype, that interview, he said, there's uh, 20 years of work to do. Hopefully, we'll get 20 years down the line and look back and think we've made progress. Uh, people would say there's 400 years of work to do. That's also possibly true, but. I think uh, the way Ed was talking, he's thinking, you know, 20 years is a generation and hopefully we made progress. I don't think he said everything is going to be fixed. Just, you know, you look back and you know you made a difference. So uh, yeah. the whole point about October, that seems like a really accelerated timeline. So no. Yeah, any October for that matter. Pick an October. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, I don't. I don't really understand that. I'm not. I'm not entitled to games. No, I'm not. Uh, and nor are you entitled to my participation and my fandom. Be careful on that end too, because if you don't have that, then you've got issues, and then you're not living in your seven thousand square foot home, high up in the hills either. So be careful on that. An old Jerry Sloan line about, uh, and he was speaking after, I don't know what it was, but some type of conflict or maybe it was a loss or a slump or something where it would have been easy to duck it. And Jerry, well, why do you do this and come out here in such a good mood and talk to all of us? And he turned, he was, uh, he was right outside the locker room, PK, you were there a million times. And he turned and pointed towards the tunnel, kind of nodded towards the court. He says, yeah. I remember running out there when there were only 4,000 people. I don't take any of this for granted. And there you have it. There's a guy who saw the league change over 20 years, over 30 years, over 40 years. Keep feeding the golden goose. It's a beautiful thing. Don't kill it. Feed it. Oh, yeah. I mean, the the last guy off the bench is making far more money than he could uh, ever dream of in a regular working situation, probably. There might be some exceptions because there's exceptions to everything, no matter what you say. But generally speaking, they're making way more, particularly at 22, 23, 24, whatever it might be. Uh, so don't don't take my fandom for granted. I don't take your ability to provide entertainment for granted. Really, you should be taking nothing for granted. If you if, should have uh, some form of uh, gratitude in your heart to appreciate things, and life's better that way. The more grateful you are, it seems like uh, maybe you can enjoy life a little bit better, recognizing, yeah, I got some things that suck, but I also got some things that are awesome. At least for me. I mean, I can only speak for myself. I can't, uh, I can't walk in another man's shoes no matter how, how hard I try. I can only appreciate and fully understand my experience. I can't even understand yours or Yogg's or, or 
let alone a six foot eight NBA player, whatever it might be. Yvonne posts this, and a lot of people are kind of along the same similar lines, but Yvonne says basketball and baseball seasons are already over. Let it go until next season at the very least. Shorten if necessary is already too long, but money's the bottom line, I guess. It's true. We're not going to get full seasons. Yeah, I don't think they are over. We're not going to get full seasons, but something's better than nothing. And, you know, it's not – I think it would be more frustrating if it were uh, a labor problem, which I guess to a degree it is, but mostly, you know, this is the coronavirus thing and just baseball couldn't go and basketball couldn't go in uh, March and April. So salvage something. Something's better than nothing in my book. If they want to come back and say we're doing this strictly for the money, great. No problem with it. Of course they're doing it for the money. I already know that. Why did I get out of bed this morning? For the money. That's why people go to work, it turns out. I woke up about two, and I got great work, but I woke up two hours too early, and I couldn't get back to sleep. So I would have much rather preferred to try to get back to sleep two hours later. But no, I got a responsibility. And and my responsibility is a piece of cake compared to so many other folks. I'm not exactly digging ditches here. It's pretty sweet. To, to be able to do that. But essentially, we're doing it for the money. So if they came back and said that, I'd be fine with it. Why shouldn't they be allowed to recoup money that they've lost? Just like any other business, why shouldn't they be allowed to try to get back their money that they've lost? Because so many people have taken massive, massive hits. Yeah. My friend, uh, just to give you a little insight, his name is Wayne. I was talking to him the other day. He hasn't worked for six weeks. And he said that, He's probably not going to work until the fall. I said, well, how are you doing financially? He said, we're holding on, but it's really draining us. You know my friend Wayne. I think I know exactly who you're speaking of. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. That's and real stuff out there. And he's not no, alone. He's Go not ahead. alone. There's millions not, of people absolutely on that not, boat. No. And I know, yeah. I know uh, and we get a better idea of this because we do the game, we do the show in the arena. And we're at the games, you know, we're owned by the Jazz, so we're a separate deal, but we still interact with a lot of people. You know, we're not at their main office building down off I-15 and the 1300 exit, right? But we still have to go there sometimes for stuff, and we interact with people who don't have anything to do with radio. And so we're well aware we could give you names of people who will be furloughed or were, or were furloughed or were laid off because they stopped playing games. And the people who are laid off won't come back. But the furloughed people, who like your friend Wayne, don't have a paycheck coming in on the 1st and 15th. But they will when the thing starts back up. So start the thing back up. Because yes, the owners will make money off it. And yes, the players will make money off it. But there are a lot of people, we could use the word peripheral. But man, when it's your life, it doesn't feel peripheral. When it's your life, it's front and center. So I hope they do come back. I don't don't know who all these... um, we don't have a Major League Baseball team here, so we're not interacting with these Major League Baseball organizations. But I guarantee you there's people who will come back. And it doesn't matter if they do social media for the team or if they're equipment people who look, work in the locker room or they're on the business side in accounting. They're all over the, they're all over the organization. So I hope they come back. 
for a lot of reasons, but one of them is that a lot of people who aren't players and aren't owners who are just grinding away and need that check on the 1st and 15th for rent and mortgage will get their jobs back. So yeah. root form to come back. I agree 100%. Yeah. 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 And that's in addition to providing some form of entertainment. If you want to partake of it, and I will partake of it. I, when football had its lockout or whatever it is and they came back, I partook of it. And when players were kneeling, I partook of it. And or, yeah. And when Joe launches his first left-handed swish, I will partake of it. DJ PK, it is time for the Joe Ingles Show, brought to you by your hardworking friends at Mountainland Supply. For all your plumbing and irrigation needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com. Hey, yeah! This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe, and he'll flush! And it's time to hear from the best-looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz, Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show (laughs) with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Time to bring in Joe Ingles. Joe, good morning. Good morning. Joe, I'm curious. That you know, we there had you. you on, are. I am, and we had you on a few weeks ago. You were saying, you know, it, it kind of feels like the off season. We have been, is, everything's been stopped for so long. And I'm curious, you've been going to the arena, or not to the arena. You've been going to the uh, the the practice facility. You've been doing, you know, work with one coach, and that, that's still not really your normal routine. I mean, you're it's your normal drive in, I guess, and you're on the same court, but it, it's not all the guys. At what point do you feel like you're back to normal? I mean, do you have to be in a film session with Quinn telling you you did something wrong in a defensive rotation? Will a five on five practice be enough? Even two on two and three on three? When will you feel like, yep, I'm back? <laughs> well, I've had a few clips sent to me anyway that he's obviously watched over the uh, thing, so I've had a few of those. Um, you've made the wrong decision here anyway. <laughs> um, so that's been pretty normal, I guess. Uh, no, I think, I mean, it's hard because even, like you said, like now we go in and we get one, one coach or whatever so we can keep the distance and, and whatever the exact rules are. Um, so it's still, I mean, more or less, that's what, a lot of guys, I think, would 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 be doing in the off season. You'd have one, maybe two people um, rebounding for you, and you kind of get your work in, and and then have the rest of the the day to, to kind of do whatever you whatever you please. So, um, it, I mean, it, I guess it feels more real in terms of the fact that we're the more talk that happens. Um, the, I guess the the closer it sounds like it's coming back. I mean, it's still. You guys might know probably more than me. I don't think we've actually. There's not been an official day. Like I think the WNBA came out and they, they're like they're playing. Like they're playing on this day with a 22 game or whatever season. Um, I don't think we've actually really, like set an actual day. So um, I mean, until we get told we're leaving on this day and we're first games here, it's it's still um, it's kind of hard, but. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely getting more of a feeling that we're we're starting to get back. Like you, like you said, driving in the facility every morning and and stuff like that. It's a bit more kind of normal to what our routines are. Um, but like you said, it's still weird with one one rebounder and only one guy on each court and, and stuff like that. So, 
hopefully sooner or later we'll, we'll get to get kind of get the, the group back together. But uh, I'm not in, like I said, I'm not in those phone calls. So when it comes to past that you're finally out there in a few weeks, do you think it'll feel more like the extension of the 1920 season or almost like a preseason tournament to the 2021 season? Yeah, probably, probably a bit of both. Um, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's so hard to, to, I mean, explain what it felt for whatever coming up three months or whatever. Um, it's, it's been a really weird situation. Just, um, not knowing at all the start, and, and obviously, like I've stated pretty clearly, not feeling like you wanted to even play basketball at all, and then um, things kind of slow down a little bit, and, and the cases go down, and you think it's all positive. Obviously, there's been a bit of a spike now, so it's interesting to see if that is going to affect anything with us. Um, but yeah, I just don't. This this whole kind of time from March 11 or whatever it was has, has been a really bizarre time. I think everyone's learning and, and listening and, and trying to figure it out on the fly because we obviously haven't gone through something like this. Um, so it's, uh, it's an interesting time. So I'm curious the reaction, you, your teammates, your friends around the league as, as you talk to them. Um, and, and I know you, you don't like to speak for other guys individually, but maybe you can just give us a sense of kind of where most of the group is or two-thirds of the group is, something like that. Because we hear... Um, you know, the quotes from Kyrie Irving and Dwight Howard, and they've got their reasons for thinking, well, maybe they shouldn't play. But then Patrick Beverly comes out with what I thought was uh, one of the top <laughs> tweets of the year. If LeBron is hooping, we're all hooping. That was, I thought, spot on. Yeah, Do most guys um, feel like you're playing no matter what. Maybe there's stuff to iron out, or a guy's thinking, wow, maybe I better have a plan B because maybe we aren't playing. Yeah. Um, I think one of the, and I don't know how much publicity it got. Um, I saw it obviously because he's my teammate. But but what Ed Ed Davis said, um, I think it was a few days ago now. Um, with a few of those guys, it's really easy when you've made X amount of money and all oh, about to say you're going to sit out. Um, but but it's also not directly affecting just us. Like we could all, or a majority of the NBA players could retire today and probably live a, a reasonably nice life for the rest of their lives. There's a lot of people that um, this affects that aren't directly... I don't see them on a day-to-day. They might work in the offices and go, we, we've obviously fired and furloughed or whatever um, a lot of employees and um, the, the cleaning staff that cleans the arena after. There's a lot of things that affect that, that go a lot deeper and further than just, just us playing um, like with our own thinking about ourselves. Um, I mean, do I think we'll play? I think, yeah, I think we're going to play. Um, do I think people are going to sit out? I, I absolutely think there'll be some players that, that don't play or that sit out. Um, do I, like in terms of our teams, like we've we've had a lot of talks about it. Um, no one's directly said like, no, I'm not playing. Um, I've obviously stated what I had said at the start. Uh, I feel. Um, that if we did go back to play, the NBA would, would kind of do everything as, as right as possible, apart from playing doubles in ping pong or whatever we're not, <laughs> whatever we're not allowed to do. They got uh, they got posted, but um, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of guys, uh, I do think it's split. I think there's guys that want to play, and I think there's guys that um, aren't sure if they should be playing or not. Um, so, yeah, we'll just have to, to see how it's going to go over the next short 
Do you think about when you're down there in Orlando, when you're not playing or practicing, what you'll be doing? Does that concern you? Say that again. Do you think about when you're down there in Orlando, when the time comes, and you're not involved in a team activity, you'll have free time, but yet you'll be 3,000 miles away from home. You won't be able to go. There might be some boredom. Does that concern you at all? Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's again, it's something that we haven't had to, to really deal with. Like, I've, I've done it an Olympic Games where you're in a, a smaller room and you've, you're on a campus and it's probably as, kind of, as close as what this situation is going to be as you can probably get to. So I think a lot of international guys that have been, all the Americans that have, have been to an Olympic Games understand that kind of concept. But obviously it's on a, it's on a bit of a different level because of the restrictions. We're, we're not, I mean, there's, there's I think, Woj and Zach Lowe and a couple of guys kind of tweeting what, what were the rules and regulations and um, they're very different to what they were at the Olympics. We could kind of be free to do whatever we wanted to do at the Olympics minus um, some really silly stuff. So um, I think it's going to be, it's going to be really different. There's, we're obviously going to be in a, in a, in a campus or hub or whatever it's called and be allowed to see people, but obviously there's, you want to stay away. You're obviously hoping that every other player is, is doing the right thing, um, not only for themselves, but for their teammates and for everyone else that's in, in that hub because we're all going to be pretty close to each other within however many. There's only three or four hotels. I mean, there's 22 teams. There's going to be a few a few teams at each hotel. So, um, yeah, it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be really bizarre. But, uh, I think, like I said, I think we're going to play. And um, uh, I think the NBA will, along with Chris and those guys that are um, kind of on those more important calls than, than what I'm on, um, will iron out as much as they can and, and make it as safe as possible. And um, I, I think a lot of fans, media, a lot of people want to see us play. Um, so, uh, like I said, I think we'll, we'll play. It's just probably ironing out a few little things here and there. So for fans, you know, they see you guys play and, you know, maybe they hear, you know, a few post-game quotes or shoot around or whatever. And uh, Ed's new and he hasn't been playing a lot. So I think a lot of fans don't know him. But for fans who read that Hoops Hype piece, and during the break I'll put it up on my Twitter feed if you want to go read it, he addresses a lot of points. And he addresses both sides of several points and then explains why he thinks what he thinks, even though he knows what other people – is. Is that just how he is, or was that to some teammates maybe a little bit of a revelation or a side of him you don't see all the time, or is that just who he is every day and we don't know because he's brand new to Utah? <laughs> no, I mean, he is um, he is quieter in general. Uh, I think uh, you guys at all know and, and probably see that. We, we as in me and, uh, and George, we, we get a bit more because we sit with him on the plane. So we, we sit there and we play cards and we – we talk about a lot of things. It's, um, it's probably the, the, one of the, the most fun things about, for me, sitting on the plane at the table and, you know, we play cards and, like, goof around a lot. But we've had some, like, some really... Well, I've had some awesome conversations over six years of sitting there with, with Joe Johnson, with, with Gordon, with, with Ed, with George Hill. There's, there's been a, um, an awesome group of guys that have always sat around the table and... Um, We've had some really, some really awesome conversation. I've, I've tasted with Ed this whole, whatever we've, whatever it's called, shutdown thing. Um, 
about different points and all that. And that's yeah, I mean that team is is extremely intelligent. He, he fully understands the business side of the NBA, and, and obviously, like you said in that um, the article, he, he understands both sides. And he understands why people don't want to play. He understands why why we need to play. Um, um, but that's it. He, he like I said, he's extremely smart. He, he's all over. Um, a lot of the NBA rules and regulations and, and stuff like that, and, and same in, in kind of general life. So, um, yeah, he's been someone that probably when I first met him and um, kind of had him around our team, obviously for a little while. I didn't didn't know I didn't know him at all personally, but getting to know him, um, that's that's just who he is. Obviously, this country is going through a lot of unrest right now. You are in this country, uh, but you're not an American. How much do you follow it? Yeah, I mean, you, I don't want it to sound like wrong, but you have to. You don't have a, a choice. You, um, especially, like you said, being... I guess it's a big difference for me being from Australia um, and probably not knowing um, as much of the, the history, of, uh, American history, as um, what I do kind of today and, and what I want to keep kind of learning going forward. Um, and it's... Uh, it's yeah, it's one of those things for me, like I said, that you, you, you're learning and listening because there's, there's a lot of stuff that, that I didn't know. And, and obviously, whatever I've been here, six years now, I've had a lot of teammates. And like I said, like these, these playing cards on the thing, like you, you talk about everything and we've, we've talked about a lot of stuff over time. And um, I think for me, it's um, a lot more listening and understanding. And, and I've had, had a lot of kind of phone calls or texts with, with teammates, um, present teammates that I've, I've played with now and guys in the past. And um, Paddy Mills from Australia, who, who we've had, we've got our own history in Australia. Um, yeah, it's something that obviously I'm going to, I'm going to obviously fully support, support my teammates. And, and um, uh, I think I was, I think it was Kyle, Kyle Corver said the other day, like you, we, we have to listen, we have to understand and, uh, or try and understand as best as we can. Um, and like he said, like I'm going to stand with, with my teammates um, like he is with his and, and with the league and, and, and everyone else. So, um, it's like, again, like the, the virus, it's something that I've, I've had to learn about um, kind of on the fly. Um, you, you do bits and pieces of research and, and you talk to guys uh, we've had conversations in our in our film room over time um, of different issues and stuff, and guys speak out. And it's, for me, like I said, being an Australian, living in this country, um, it's eye opening, and I and I want to keep listening and learning. And, um, it's what I'm going to continue to do because it's something that's so new. So, how much? I mean, the specific events that you learn here. You know, they're going to be different, but how much do you see similar themes with what you know of Australian history? Because I didn't know much about Australian history, but my TV station had me down in Australia at the start, just at the start of the Olympics. And I think her name's Kathy Freeman, right? The woman who, yep. um, who lit the torch. And uh, we were, there was a huge outdoor party at Circular Quay right on the water in Sydney. And they had these big TV screens up and there were tons of people everywhere. And a lot of them were like really emotionally moved. And later on, I read stuff. And so I get some of the backstory. I mean, I knew a little bit of it, but there was a lot of stuff I didn't know. And so I just wonder how much these themes are universal, even though the names and some of the specific dates are different. 
the themes are universal. Yeah, um, uh, I think there's definitely similarities um, in a lot of things. I don't think, I I think every country and and individuals and and whatever um, experience different things. Um, I was listening to, again, kind of referring to to Pal, I was listening to Paddy Miller's podcast. Um, He did one with an Australian, uh, pretty well known, and just just listening to that. and, And I've known Paddy for. 15, 17 years or something, and, and I'm listening to it and, like, and still learning things that, that I should know, really, as an, as an Australian. Like I said, America is a bit different, not, not coming from here, and um, probably not fully understanding. And especially the first couple of years, like, as, as bad as it sounds, like, you're so locked into like my job and my career, and I'm trying to make it in, in the NBA. And, um, it take, uh, it's an unfortunate thing, but it takes this for, for a lot of people to sit down and listen and learn. And, um, so, yeah, I mean, I, was, I obviously know a bit more about the Australian history, but even sitting there, um, like I said, listening to Paddy's podcast, it's, um, it's eye-opening stuff, and I, and I think it's something that, like I said before, we all need to, to listen and learn and, and try and understand um, where a lot of these guys are coming from. Um, to, to kind of put yourself in, in that position where um, it's it's tough. It's like you've seen a lot of people, it's a lot of difficult conversations, uncomfortable conversations, but um, it's obviously something that's, that's really needed right now. Joe, you said when you go into the gym, there's only one rebounder. Let me correct you. He's not rebounding, Joe. He's just standing under the hoop, taking it out of the basket when it falls through the net. Pretty much, maybe not the first few sessions, but, but now it is. It's uh, <laughs> it is funny. Obviously, yeah, you. I mean, you've got one one guy there, so it's it's a little bit difficult or whatever. Sometimes and you you can't fully um, kind of do everything you want to do because like you guys have seen. I mean, we, we've at least got kind of two coaches at every basket. Every basket, so there's a rebounder and a passer. And it, it flows flows pretty well. Um, but if you have a Start missing it goes all the way out to the other quarter. It takes a few minutes to uh, to get it back and start again. But um, I mean, it is what it is at this time. We've obviously got to follow the rules and um, be like every other team. We've, we've got to do the right thing and, and keep ourselves as safe, obviously, as possible. And, and the coaches that are with us and the, the people that are in the, the stadium. So um, yeah, like I said, it's it's bizarre at times, but it is what it is. We've got to follow the rules. I always assumed you were one of those pure shooters who could just stand at the free throw line and the rotation was so spectacular that you swish it and then it just spins right back to you. I mean, I'm surprised you even need one rebounder, Joe. Have you seen how, like, cocked out my elbow is and my follow-through changes every time and sometimes my feet are close together, sometimes they're wide apart. I'm uh, a little little unorthodox, (laughs) mine. As long as it goes in. That's well, Kyle, like Kyle Corbin can go and do like a shooting clinic. This is just like perfection. Um, I don't think too many people are going to look at me and be like, "Yeah, yeah, I want to shoot like Joe." Like, <laughs> that's not happening. Maybe, maybe percentage-wise or something like that, but not uh, not by form. All right, Joe. I know you got to run. You got to get in and get your workout going. We're probably going to need to let you go here. But uh, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. No worries at all. Thanks, man. Joe Ingles joining us every week right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
With a little extra time on your hands, it's time to talk about what we're doing to kill time. What did you watch last night with DJ and PK on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network? Too much time on my hands. Too much time on my Join Ants and Scotty G at the Warehouse Friday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. 86 East University Parkway in Orem. Prices so low, it'll blow your mind. Boo! Well, PK, your story was so interesting yesterday, I forgot to tell you the bizarro thing that happened to me during the storm on uh, Tuesday night. And I don't know if there was some power outage. I don't know if there was water in the line somewhere. It doesn't make sense to me how this could have possibly happened. But I was uh, getting ready to channel surf, you know, just kind of see what was on. And I hit the NFL Network first, and they had on uh, Jim Brown of Football Life. Okay, one of these guys I heard my dad talk about. I can absolutely watch this. I know some stuff, but I'm sure I'm bound to pick up some more stuff. And I put it on, and within like three seconds, the audio changes to some other show. And then like two seconds later, the channel, the video, the channel doesn't change. The same numbers display, but the video changes to another network. And instead of watching the, and I'm not doing anything to remote. Instead of watching the NFL Network, FS the Shopping Network, Fox Sports Two. It just went to oh. FS2, a station I hardly ever watch. And we only recently got it, I think, within like the last year or so. And so I flip it back. I'm like, that was weird. I flip it back. Same thing happens. I'm like, okay, what's going on? I do it a third time. So then I try another channel. All the channels migrate it back to FS2. It doesn't matter what I put on. It goes back to FS2, which was showing, and this, I guess, is why I don't watch FS2 a lot, was showing Red Bull Soapbox Derby. And it was, I don't know where they were, but they're, they're rolling down these homemade contraptions down the hill. Sometimes they go pretty fast and people behind the hay bales cheering. And sometimes they get all uh, out of whack and just suddenly spin and go into the hay bales. And the crowd's roaring and going nuts. And sometimes you're able to get back on a track and sometimes it just tips over and they're done. I'm like, what is going on? I had to turn off the TV and give up. It's the weirdest thing. I've never seen that happen. I don't know if it happened to anybody else. Hit me up on Twitter if it did. That was bizarro time. But yesterday, yeah, the when TV I flick was around, I, when I flick around, sometimes it gets an OVC, and it just keeps going back to that. So I turn it off for a while, and then turn it back on. So yeah, that's that's happened to me. Okay, all right. Well, that's it. Just I'll let it reset next time. Bizarro. You see anything good last night? I, I watched the replay of the Bogdanovich three against Houston, and. I sent you guys something somebody from Yahoo had put out. He ranked the 22 teams going into the season when it resumes. And he had the Jazz 22nd. And then obviously his primary reason was the loss of Bogdanovich. And he put them as the worst team without Bogdanovich. And I thought, man, is Bogdanovich that good? No, I don't buy that. Has he made that big of a difference to where he's now the Jazz are worse than the Wizards? Just off the top of my head, because I think the Wizards were he had a 20th or yeah. 21st, somewhere in there. I'm thinking, man, that seems two things. Awfully, and I meant to bring this up to Joe, but we never got to it because we were talking about other stuff that was more important, and there's time for that. 
in the next couple of weeks because I told him, hey, nobody has expectations for you. And he said, well, I don't know who those people are. Well, boom, I got one. <laughs> right. he, he's got you at 22nd. That's a disrespect to the guys on the team, and I think it's inflating Bogdanovich's value, and he's been very valuable to where they're the worst team now going into the restart of the season, 22nd out of 22 because of Bogdanovich not playing. Maybe they are, but I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. And uh, I guess I'll give you maybe because we really don't know how teams are going to fit together when they come back. Who's really motivated? Who's kind of motivated? Who's a, just barely motivated? And who wants to check out as fast as they can? So yeah, I don't see how that's any different, though. I don't. You keep I saying get, that. No, I how's get that. How's that any? How's that any different than any other time of year? The difference. I think the difference is that while it is true, it's fairly predictable based on standings and situations. You know, you're on a lottery yeah, team. I, you're going to be a free agent, and someone shuts it down. Well, that's not very surprising. We've seen that. You know, so I think this is just so unusual. Guys come back because. You'll also have this chemistry thing where you got to work back into it, but you just don't have very long. I just don't see the Jazz at 22, though. That's too... I mean, I get the point, and I buy the point. I think losing Bogdanovich is a big hit. I think he's provided a lot of stuff. And even if Joe or Conley can assume his role, which I think is a big ask, but even if that happened, well, who assumes Joe's role? And who assumes Conley's role? And all that's going to happen in eight games? That seems like a big ask. If it does happen, awesome. And I'll watch because... Maybe they'll be that good, but probably not. But some of the stuff I'd seen before the break, the Jazz were generally, I think, in the power ranking kind of stuff, no better than 7th or 8th, but probably no worse than 10th or 11th, depending on who was doing the ranking. That was kind of their ballpark. And if you want to drop them four or five spots now, maybe you're dropping them 7th to 11th or something. Or maybe you think they were 10th and now they're 15th. I can buy that. But even minus Bogdanovich, there's no way they're worse than all the lottery teams who are all of the lottery teams who are going to Orlando. I mean, to me, you're kind of you're making a point, but you're you're overselling it big time. Yeah, they're worse worse than Phoenix. No <laughs> yeah, way. I know, right? All right, DJ and PK, we got Bowler coming up. We can run this by him. Eight thirty, Bowler will be here for his weekly visit on ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone.